Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise your podcast. That means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra-strong trash bags. Always at an ultra-low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head-to-head. So you'll be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra-strong with Arm & Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Blog Talk Radio. They get knocked out. Coming at you live is the standing eight count, and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the ground, and no, we don't back down. I'll beat the track down. Screaming like the crowd's gonna react. Wow, pound for pound, I'm the best in this game, man, hands down. The way I stand out, ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, and never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated, and look the Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It's episode 9, Standing A Count Radio. Ryan Cook here with you. Sit next to me by my side. Elijah McNeil, what up? What's happening? He is, he is there. I'm falling back back down. That kind of gets me all hyped up at 1130 at night. Yeah, it was, it was very, uh, what should I say? Boisterous? Yeah, boisterous. That dude's, that dude's, and shout out to Alex for hooking that up, um, by Jank Nasty, uh, knocked out, I believe is the track. The, uh, it's, it's like a, it's like an overhand right from Deontay Wilder. <laughs> We're going to have a great show tonight. Elijah really showed me how he feels tonight. I love that I got to see it live. So we're going to have fun. <laughs> He's already grinning at me. I love it. Oh, man. It was awesome boxing this weekend. We got two completely contrast different shows. One from Showtime, one from HBO. HBO gave us two scientifically dominating just beat down your opponent for no reason performances by Dmitry Bivol and Sergey the Crusher Kovalev. Whereas Showtime, we got two awesome fights. Uh, Ho- uh, Jose Uzkatagi. Uz- 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 we thought it was Uzkatuzi, but they realized it was Uzkatagi, I believe. So we're going to, we'll go with Uzkatagi. Hopefully we're right this time. Yeah. Otherwise, if and when he fights David Benavidez next or Caleb Truex, then we'll have to learn it a third time. It's like Rigondeau and Rigondeau. <laughs> they just kind of go with the weather. Um, we got Xavier Durrell. And then the main events, the spectacle of the weekend, the fact that the UFC ain't got nothing on boxing because B-dubs crack one for the working man. 
They showed boxing on Saturday. They showed Deontay Wilder, the Bronze Bomber versus King Kong, Luis Ortiz. I love it. I loved walking in going, oh, look, they're not showing MMA. And I'm not talking MMA. Were the affliction guys mad? Probably. They're like, brah. Bro, to see Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar got he got uppercutted off out. his feet by Brian Ortega. Knocked out. <laughs> I like that. I like that. You know he got theme song. Uh, so you know, spoiler alert, and Cyborg murdered somebody. Like wa- watching the highlights of that of that um, of that woman who Cyborg destroyed. Watching her like fight and train like the montage of like. <laughs> Cyborg's in a roll over this <laughs> So instead, for those of you who went to beat ups, you got to watch awesome boxing. Awesome boxing. And it goes to show something that, that I've said on here numerous times. And Elijah's kind of come on my side with this a little bit too. When you get a heavyweight champion that's American, people care. Oh, definitely. People actually watch it. And I think now that we've seen, you know, NBC, like, yes, Fox is showing PBCs. And, oh, I uh, I apparently have, like, some sweet, like, mutant power, and I just killed our, our sound there. You, like, yes, Fox shows PBC with Devin Alexander and Victor Ortiz and guys like that. I get that. That's fine. It's cool. But NBC showed a Deontay Wilder in primetime. I think you still are good. Mine just doesn't go through. You know, and now B-Dubs is hosting them. I mean, we got a national food chain show in boxing. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I've seen, they've done that once. Boy, Mayweather Pacquiao. They did, no, they did Mayweather Canelo. Oh. And it was such a bleep show from people like, there was people like, they had to put the, the, the stanchion like cardboard signs in the windows to keep people from watching from outside. Oh, wow. Which also shows boxing is a bigger deal. Than, you know what I'm saying? You know, no one does it in UFC. No. You know, they had to, like, kick people out and stuff. Like, that was when TJ came up to me because we got our own table set up by, uh, uh, shout out to Melanie. She used to be the, the GM. Uh, she, she set up me and, I think it was me and me and Demarcus and might have been Jen. I, was, I, would, I, I might have been dating Jen at the time. I can't remember. It was, it was a long time ago. Baby's mom. And, uh, baby mama. And, um, TJ walked in from a from an indie show with a t-shirt and shorts on, and she's like, do you want me to kick this homeless guy out? Oh, no, that was for fantasy football. Was it? I thought it was yeah. for the... No, it was for fantasy football. Oh, I could I thought it was for that. No, okay, okay, well, he just looked bad anywhere then, because that makes it even worse. <laughs> Sorry, TJ, you just got called out. Letter uh, literacy. <laughs> but it's, it's, it was like... Somebody like threw a punch at the, the, the manager chick, because she like kicked this, this like teenager out. And he like threw a punch at her. He threw a punch. Yeah, he's like, yo, beep, beep, beep. And he threw a punch at her. And she like just shrugged it off like Superman and laughed at the guy. And she's like, that's why you're not watching the fight. And I was like, oh my God, this chick's hardcore. But anyway, that's that's a long tangent that doesn't need to be talked about. But it's 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 mainstream. We're getting the heavyweight fights. One domino is the next one comes up with the, I think it's the 30th. Mm-hmm. 3rd, 10th, 17th, 24th, 31st, I believe it is. Um, Joshua Parker, one down, one to go. I'm excited. They were great. 
Uh, middle of the show, though, we will talk to HBO cards. We're going to come back from a commercial, give you the show time. And if we have any time tonight, we got some interesting news to talk about, including our great top-ranked Bob Arum, Terrence Crawford, how we're going we're gonna to save and make Terrence Crawford the star that all of you people should know he is by not watching him. And then we found out that nobody told Manny Pacquiao about this. And now what did I, what did I say to you in the text? Um, it was something angry, I think. Yeah. I just said like two words and you're just like, yep, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was, so we'll, we'll, if we have time, we'll break down. Uh, otherwise we'll save it for next week, but our glorious plan that was coming into fruition, uh, Apparently, we, we found out that these promoters are stupider than we thought when we played those Eddie Hearn clips because uh, Bob Arum. Bob uh, Arum just made. <laughs> oh, he made an edit. Yeah, you. I wonder, do we no, still have Steve Oh. See, I have so many clips on here because yeah, we have five shows. Yeah, Jericho on. Yeah. Like, I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling. I'm still scrolling because now we're in TPC for top, the pop culture. Yep. Yeah. I, I I gotta I'll do it now, Bob Aaron. You just made the list. You just made the list. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I needed you to say it to find it. Um, I gotta edit the soundboard. Holy cow! Anyway, so Bob Aaron, you're a, you're a dip, and you just completely hurt everything that we were excited for. And I hope now all of your fighters lose, so you go bankrupt. Except for Terrence Crawford. Yeah, because we like Terrence Crawford. <laughs> we'll be right back. Showtime boxing coming up. Standing eight count. Strongstyle Media. Don't go away. Most people. Would consider this illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop cultures are where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, so the sound radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Sound Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint's Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, Search Bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. 
What are we looking at here? Lists all over this safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24-7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, List, you can play at this game. What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No. What if you actually wanted boba? It's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe words, Barbara. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Thank on Deontay Wally. Ali, Ali, Lenny I be bringing heat. Steady Ali, Ali, Sorry, we were we were talking about uh, some things in the background. You didn't hear nothing. <laughs> my, 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 I was gonna say because your initial E, and then I was gonna say the thing that I It's did. your boy E. <laughs> e Dub. <laughs> Showtime Boxing had two awesome fights. I'm trying to pull up my scorecard here because I totally forgot that oh, I scored this fight. Oh, I grab mine. And uh, I forgot that. Lali! That's, I had to put the Bomb Squad song on there for our intro for uh, for Elijah's favorite fighter, Deontay <laughs> Wilder. But I can't wait to get into this tonight. This is going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. But uh, first things first, uh, Jose Uz, uh, Uz Karagi. Uz Karagi. Uh, to get Andre Durrell. The fight almost doesn't happen because Kadegi has red in his urine. They had to get a, an ambulance to come pick it up side of the hospital. They had to test for it. Jim Gray let everybody know that it's not a performance-enhancing substance because they wouldn't find it that quick. But when you see red, it's just kind of a precautionary. Polly Malnati's like, maybe he just drank too much cranberry juice. <laughs> and he's like, you know, every time, you know, when I'm done sparring, sometimes I pee red for a minute. And he's like, it's, you know, you're kind of just used to it. I'd freak out. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, God. But um, uh, Uzkadagi, they said everything was fine with it. It was just, you know, it might have just been something from, from a spar, but there's nothing wrong with it. Fight goes down. Uh, Kadagi gets Darrell to quit. Pretty much dominates him. I, I had the fight 78-74, six rounds of two going into the ninth round when they stopped it in the ninth. I had the same. Um, Virgil Hunter, I believe, was the trainer because I'm going with it right now. Kept yelling at Dre, Dre, and he wouldn't listen. He was not responding. Uh, Uzkadagi just outworked him. I mean, he was landing two to one. His combos were, were just so much more on point with the precision. He was working the body. Darrell, and it was funny, too, is the, the number one thing for Darrell, uh, keys to victory, stay off the ropes. He and, spent the whole first round on the ropes. Yep, and I, it felt to me like he was pretty much throwing just jabs exclusively the entire fight. Oh, you got to keep going when I'm chugging, Cook. Oh, sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm just kidding. I, just, I, I felt like he was throwing jabs pretty much the entire <laughs> fight, and he wasn't really... He wasn't really doing much besides that. And he, and he was so... And he was sitting on the ropes. Mm-hmm. He was so susceptible to every right cross that uh, oh, yeah. Uzkadagi threw. He would, he'd 
left jab, like you said, and he would just now my whole I'm like describing it like people could see me. He throws the jab and his whole right side is wide open. And yeah. He ate it over and over and yeah. over. And it wasn't even like you know, he didn't drop him by any means. He wasn't on the you know, he didn't he didn't get knocked down. But he, they stung him. And they were hard Do you think he was in any like in any significant danger? Or did he just get so damn frustrated he just quit? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like he was I, I think I think if they wouldn't have stopped it, he probably would have ended up getting stopped. Like I think he would have by the end there? Yeah, I think he would have I think he would have gotten like eventually like knocked down or, or just like TKO'd. No. Because it looked like they were kinda of adding up. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And he just kinda of like looked like that he looked like a fighter like towards the end there that had just kinda of taken a beating that fight and that the that the, the end was, was coming. So No, I gave the seventh to Durrell. You know, yeah. the fight ended after the eighth. He didn't come out after the eighth. Yeah. Um, but I, I had given Durrell the round before the last. Yeah, and I feel like Uskadagi maybe might have taken that round off just because he was kind of, like, cruising a little bit. Yeah. I kind of knew he was way ahead. God, I wish I could remember if it was Uskatugi or Uskadagi. I think it was, like, Uskadagi. I, I, look, guys, we, we went the whole time going Uskatuzi. Uskatugi. Like it, Uz, I think it's Uzkadagi. Uh, I'm going Uzkadagi, going off of my um, amazing European uh, and Thai pronunciations that I can understand. Like, uh, like what was that one dude? Uh, that some guy, his name was Jim. Like King Round Battle Jim. <laughs> we were talking those those uh, the, the guys wrong with Thai pot. Oh god. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, Uzkatugi. He handled him. And, you know, once again, Darrell goes down in a spot where he had a chance to move on and fight a guy like Caleb Truax, who he would become the number one contender for. Who I believe he already beat. So there's there's a title for you, Darrell. Uh, Mauro Ronaldo goes out and says, Andre Darrell is considered a disappointment. And you agreed, right? Yeah. I mean... Coming in, he had a lot. Him and his brother had a ton of hype, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, Olympic guys. I believe bronze medal. One of the one of those two like won the bronze medal, I believe, or they were medalists, I think, in the Olympics, but or like Olympians. But they just they had a lot of hype coming in, and you know, I started out quick, and he just kind of has just been so so. I mean, he's been like brutally knocked out like after the bell like a couple times in his career and like by illegal punches and one of them like almost ended his career the Arthur Abraham one yeah so I mean well, he yeah. contemplated retirement after the Uskatugi one yeah so I mean he like he's had layoffs because of that I think he after the Arthur Abraham um punch after the bell incident I think he took like a year or so off because he was having like issues with his with his head because I think he had a really bad concussion from that. So I mean there's factors to his disappointment in his in, in his career, but I mean, yeah, overall I just his career probably wasn't what I thought it was gonna be when I first kinda saw him come on the scene. Where do you compare his career to his brothers? Uh brothers 
probably a little better, but they're both kind of disappointments. I mean, his brother had cancer though too, so. Yeah, I, I okay, that's probably not fair. So for I mean, <laughs> a lot, a lot of unfortunate situations with those guys, and you know they just they had a lot of talent, and I just don't know if they really reached their full potential. Yeah, and that's a good way to look at it. Is the you know the they're touted so high, and when you're when you're put on such a pedestal and you can't do it. You you do end up coming off looking like a failure. And I mean, he had like a that loss to Frotch was a pretty bad decision. Like I felt like he should have got the W against Frotch in the in the um, in the sixth tournament. Okay, Jose, who's kind of guy? I think is it because I think I just spelt it wrong all over our media page. <laughs> I just I just pulled up this article. And I totally butchered the spelling. Who's kind of guy? It's got to be who's kind of guy. Um, you know, he, he stops Darrell, though. He gets the interim super middleweight world title. Um, does he does he go on and beat Caleb Truex? Unfortunately, if it happens. Unfortunately, us being Minnesota guys. I like Caleb Truex a lot. I think he's a really good fighter, but man, who's who's kind of guy is just he's really good. And this fight has really kind of showed me how good he really was because I hadn't seen much of him. I watched the first fight between him and Darrell, which I thought he was winning before the the late the late punch or whatever, before he got DQ'd. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, this guy is this guy is dangerous. Um, he gets the winner of Truex James DeGale's rematch for the IBF title. Um, he said, first I want to fight for the IBF title, then I want to fight WBC titleist David Benavidez. We're good friends, but I want to fight him. That would be a very, very fun fight. I'm assuming that'd be a double title unification. Uh, we still have whether people agree to or disagree. Uh, you know, kingpin of that division is still um, uh, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? Ro- uh, oh, Ro- Gilberto. Gilberto Ramirez. I was gonna say Rocky Gonzalez. I'm like, no. Who's that? Yeah, like Ryan. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, is Gilberto. Is that one of your fight night guys? <laughs> Gilberto Ramirez is still the kingpin, um, and then you got George Groves, yeah. kind of just lurking around. George Groves, though, did have a pretty good win over Eubank recently. So, I mean, he's he's always a factor, too. Uh, didn't make the show, but uh, my guy is now 12-0, 10, 10 knockouts. Sergey Derevianchenko oh. gets the victory over Deshaun Johnson. Oh. Uh, it says Derevianchenko laid a beating on the usually durable Johnson until Johnson's corner threw in the towel after the sixth round. Oh. Derevianchenko now is a mandatory challenger to one of Golovkin's titles. That's kind of scary. Derevianchenko, he's he's a uh, you haven't seen Derevianchenko. No. He's a uh, he's a less. I mean, let me try to think of a way without burying him because he's he's good. But think of Bivol with the less putting punches together so good. 
And I think it's because he didn't have as many undercard fights or excuse me, uh, um, amateur fights, Mm -hmm. but he's got power. He's very accurate. But he's hungry. Is he fast? I just want to echo it. <laughs> he kind of. I'm not all the size. I'm not all the size. But uh, Drevianchenko is the mandatory for Gennady Golovkin to one of the straps. Uh, I don't know which one. It did not say which one they are giving him a mandatory as. Uh, he's a 2008 uh, Ukrainian Olympian. He was supposed to fight Johnson on the Errol Spence Lamont Peterson undercard. Um, Drevianchenko got the flu, and that's why he got pulled off the card. Um, Drevianchenko's trainer is Andre Rozier. Okay. Good trainer. Got a yeah. good trainer behind him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rozier said he thought it should have been stopped earlier. But, uh, no, I'm ex- I'm excited. Um, Drevianchenko's a guy that I do like. I think he's a really good fighter. You know, if you haven't seen him, check him out, ladies and gentlemen. I'll check him out. <laughs> check him out. Check him out like Steve Rule. But let's get to the main event. We saw King Kong, Luis Ortiz, take on the Bomb Squad. Does that bother you? Bomb Squad! Why would that bother me? When this fight ended, uh, Elijah, how uh, semi-spiked a notebook it looked like, and he said the words, man, I hate Wilder. I did not say I hate Wilder. I said I, I said I hate his style. In the moments of anger, I like like I like Wilder. Like he's a, he's a fun personality. And he's mm-hmm. he's exuberant and he shows a lot of emotion and he shows that he like really puts his all into boxing. But I just <laughs> sometimes it looks like amateur hour. What did I say to you? It's like when I watched John Cena bump. Yes. You know, Cena, one of the top guys, but I'm like, how do you not know how to bump? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this, now, I'm going to, before we break down this fight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a statement, and I want to hear how much you're angry at me for saying this statement. Are you ready for this? Yeah. This fight was just like Joshua Klitschko. Where your favorite got put in peril by the underdog and overcame peril and showed why he was the dominant champion and finished his opponent, who was an extremely tough fight, the toughest fight of their career. Is that fair assessment of Joshua Klitschko to Wilder Ortiz? Of course it is. Why would I be mad about that? Okay. Second part. As of right now, this is hands down my 2018 fight of the year. Why would I be mad about that? Because I was, I don't know. I just thought maybe you'd go, that's an egregious ass statement. This fight was better. This fight was better. No, this fight it's was, like, it's this, like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, this fight is, this fight was great. Okay, good. Okay. I, I thought, I, I, I thought you would either think this was just done ass fight or you were just like, ah, last night when I watched this, uh-huh. I was jumping up and down in that, that 11th round or 10th round. I was, ah, I was screaming. Demetrius, like, so Demetrius comes over to watch this. I don't mean to throw Demetrius under the bus. Comes over to watch the fights. He falls asleep during the, before the Durrell fight even starts. And I waited to start the Durrell fight for him. Like, mm-hmm. why did you even come over? So I let him sleep, and I went and built that bookcase. Mm-hmm. 
came back out. We turned it on. He's kind of waking up, and I gave him a couple beers, and he's like, man, your boy's not looking too good. I was like, God, I know. He's like, he's like, man, you know I like King Kong, so I'm not mad. I was like, yeah, I'm not mad about King Kong. Then he hit that bomb in the tent, and I almost tipped the table over. I thought Demetrius was going to backflip off the couch because he's half awake, like, bombs, I'm screaming, and oh, my God, this fight drew this. It drew exactly what the Joshua fight drew out of me. And the Joshua fight, it drew out of me because it drew two emotions out of me. When Klitschko knocked him out, I was ecstatic as hell because I've always loved Klitschko. And I always thought, I've always respected him and his brother. And, you know, you couldn't argue the track record. But then when Joshua came back and beat him, I cheered just as hard because I'm like, keep winning, Joshua, because, God, you're good. And we need you and Wilder to fight at some point. Yeah. This fight, when I was watching Ortiz pound him in the corner, I had that emotion, but I didn't because, yes, I like Ortiz, but I didn't want Wilder to lose, not only because I'm turning into the biggest Wilder mark you probably know, but I just didn't, we're so close to getting that unification, and I just didn't want it to get taken away. Yeah. And like I, like I told you after, you know, B-Dubs showed it over UFC. Like, this is a big fight, and this was something that maybe gets – casuals back into it. I'm like, mm-hmm. please don't lose. And instead they gave the best thing I've seen in boxing in 2018. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It was a great fight. I do think the fight could have been stopped though. Which would be which is kind of like my like kind of downer on the fight. Is that the fight I feel like the fight could have been stopped. In the seventh? Yes. Do you think for the simple fact of Wilder being the champion and the barrage didn't start until the 32nd mark and how the importance of the fight for the fact he didn't go down and kept smiling and showing some sort of, at least somebody's home as wobbly as he is, that that's why they let it go. I think they probably let it go mainly because they're like, Oh crap. We don't want, we don't want the, the big, the big in the big fight to, <laughs> to be ruined. So, I mean, I think they probably were a little more lenient than they usually And sometimes be. we see that with champions, yeah. you know. You and, and sometimes I'll say this, and you can, t- you know, t- tell me if you agree or disagree. Sometimes I think champions deserve the leniency. Yeah. They went there and earned that right. Yeah. And, I mean, I can't argue with that because, you know, he he actually came back out and was able to pull out the victory. And he wasn't, like, finished, like, right away after – the round was over. So and and like Joshua, you know, it takes him a round or two to get yeah. back. And this this goes. This is my knock on Klitschko and Ortiz. You had the guy beat, and you didn't go and finish. Yeah. Klitschko had Joshua beat, and he sat on his laurels. He sat, and he and he let Joshua get back into the fight. Luis Ortiz had Wilder on the ropes, and he let him get back into it. Yeah, because, I mean, even if maybe if he would have went a little harder, he would have stopped him the next round because Wilder was still pretty Oh, my gosh, he was doing the (laughs) thing, like in the corner. You know, and and that's where I'll say the same thing I've said for the last three, four weeks. Joshua is a superior fighter than Wilder. I 100% agree with that. But this is what show. this is why they're the top two fighters in their division. Well, I mean, you can never – I mean – Wilder just, his heart and his punching power 
kind of keeps them in the fight where when his skills kind of are like shown to not be the greatest. Can, can you say the word Wilder and skills in the same sentence without straight face? <laughs> I wish we were live on Facebook or something so you could see it. But that's something we've never said before and I think is a fantastic point. I don't think out of any of those four guys in this, this little mini tournament, this mini March Madness, as I labeled it, I don't think any of them have the heart that Wilder does. And I think that's one of the things that keeps him in these fights even more. Yeah. We now saw he has a chin. We never knew how much of a chin he had. I wouldn't say he has a chin. He recovered, but, I mean, you can, you can hurt him. Like, I think Ortiz drops a lot of guys in that flurry. Oh, definitely. But, I mean, we've seen – I've seen Wilder get hurt by, like, way lesser punchers. Yeah. He had trouble with Spilka, who was, a, who was also a southpaw, a few fights ago. It took him, you know, six, seven rounds before he got comfortable. And, like, I've seen videos of Wilder, like – I don't know if it was, like, Olympic trials or whatever, like, getting, like, knocked out – knocked down. Like It was – that's – and that's a perfect segue to what we were talking about earlier. Um, we, you know, they, they talked on the broadcast. He didn't start fighting until he was like 20. Yeah. So that's probably his, you're 20 years old kid. If you're going to do this, you better start fighting. Yeah. They probably threw him right into it. He probably got his ass beat. Yeah. And my thing with Wilder is I think like he's, I love the heart take though. He's just, he's been minorly exposed in a lot of fights, but he hasn't fought a guy who can like fully expose him until Ortiz did and for some reason Ortiz just couldn't finish the show but yeah I think Joshua would be the guy to be able to finish the show yeah I I think we're in the same I think I think Wilder's in the same boat now but uh oh I wasn't expecting a but but Wilder can knock anyone out I hit so hard. Do you think he could, if he put on his boxing glove, he could pound a nail through a two by four? Maybe. With that, it's he. It's like um, it's like you ever seen the movie way? It was like ninety seven, maybe ninety two. I don't know. It was way early. Congo. Yeah. When when the Silverbacks were car- charging at Amy, and his and her homeboy, and and the dude gets tripped. And they show like an up view of the camera, and he's like, "Oh!" And the silver mat comes down like that, and like then the screen goes black because obviously the dude's skull just got crushed. Yeah. Shout out to shout out to those uh those silverback gorillas throwing each other in the lava, like not saving each other at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert! So that was <laughs> hilarious, especially as a kid. Like, ah, they're killing each other. But uh, that's what it reminds me of. It's just this wild gorilla like downswing. Yeah. And it's brutal. And I haven't seen him throw an uppercut very often lately. No. And that uppercut he hit him with, like, I think Ortiz, like, ankles came off the ground. Yeah. But did, I just, I'm telling you, man, I feel like he could downswing and hammer a nail through, like, a two by four. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. And that's why, once again, God forbid that Joshua doesn't lose to Parker. I think we and we kind of said this before the fight, guys. If you want to, if you want to call this a mini March Madness, it's a one-four seed with Joshua versus Parker, and it's a two-three Wilder versus Ortiz. Ortiz is a three-seed, put up one hell of an effort against the two-seed, couldn't get it done in the clutch. You know, it's 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 you know it's your two-three in March Madness. They just almost did enough. I just I believe I believe uh, Wilder has Wilder 
for this like round has a much harder fight than, than yeah. Joshua does. Do you think that could be a detriment? Because I, I bet you Joshua and Eddie Hearn got to be thinking in the back of their head. I'm glad we got Parker instead of Ortiz. Yeah, probably, but I don't think he's taking anyone. Lightly. And I don't want to say lightly. I think he's still training hard and like not looking past Parker. Well, I'm sure. I bet he's going to come out like peak physical like he did with Klitschko. Well, because, I mean, he – he Parker's he, unknown scares me, I guess, is where yeah. I'm going. And I think, I think Joshua is going to have something to prove because his last fight, you know, wasn't a bad showing by any means, but he probably didn't dominate Takam as much as a lot of people. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, but Takam's kind of low-key, not awful. No, and he's low, like, and it was like he fought Takam on, like, short notice, and he didn't really have a, a training camp to, like, analyze this guy, and Takam's kind of an awkward, mm-hmm. like, fast, like, smaller, like, weird, just awkward fighter, <laughs> you know, so. It's, it's so I, I And I give Joshua credit with that aspect, you know, that – he came in and he, you know, he got his business done. It's I, this is getting way off off subject, and I apologize. It's what I was going to say to you before um, before we heard that guy on the HBO card, guys. After Kovalev McCulloch goes at the end of the second, going into the third round, like five seconds in, you hear some guy going, yeah. and this just makes this grotesque like throwing up noise. But uh, Cyborg said she took this fight on. Uh, like they, she took this fight like three weeks notice or something. Yeah. And she goes, I don't care if it's three weeks notice. She goes, I train 24 seven. I treat this like it's shoot boxing. I'm like, my God, is this the Kumite? <laughs> like when we were talking about how she, she ain't going to lose until she's like done. Yeah. Polo young, you fight next. John Duke. You are next. <laughs> like she said, this is what we do in shoot box. I, I, if I was Joe Rogan, I would have set the microphone down and the hell with it. Fuck <laughs> it, as uh, Mean Gene said when the sign fought his head. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that that was uh, that you know, not under here nor there, but uh, you know, but but that's where Joshua is the best. Yeah. And I say that as a Wilder guy, Joshua is the best. Yeah. And until he's beaten. And I know a lot of people go, well, Wilder's got more wins. Wilder's been on top longer. True, but you can see the pedigree when you watch Joshua. Yeah. Now, once again, if Joshua beats Parker here, now we and we still got to talk about this Ortiz Wilder fight because we're getting right back in. Like, guys, you never hear heavyweight boxing talk on boxing shows ever until now. Yeah. Like, just usually all, we'd be talking middleweights or something. Yeah. Like, two years ago. We didn't even – Brian Jennings fought somebody tonight. You know. Brian Minto fought on ESPN <laughs> Friday Night Fight. Yay. Now it's like everything just branches into it because it's so good. And once again, if if Joshua gets through Parker like he should, look at the physical specimens that are going to be fighting in this unification. Oh, man. Wilder and Joshua don't look like heavyweights. No. They look it, it. It looks like when or they look like they look like heavyweights, like actually really should look like like when like Lennox Lewis against Evander Holyfield. Yeah, like that's what this looks like to me. Yeah, not a uh, not Dominic Brazil versus <laughs> like Jonathan Banks. Yeah, or Johannes Duhapas <laughs> against Big Baby coming up in a couple weeks. Those guys are definitely gonna look in shape. 
Yeah, they're titty dabs galore. <laughs> Flick them like a light switch if you got them, baby. <laughs> but Joshua and Wilder are going to look like... And, and here's proof in the pudding. Wilder finished Ortiz in the 11th or 10th round. What do we have? One, round. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It was the 10th round. Was it? Yeah. How speaking, many? speaking of finishing, speak, speaking of the fight going 10 rounds, shout out to Jordan Jiskra for, for <laughs> saying that it was no contest that Wilder was going to finish finish Ortiz in three rounds. <laughs> we, we both had Ortiz up 2-1 after three rounds. We both had Ortiz up 3-1 after four rounds. I realize why I have 10 rounds written down is because I had Ortiz winning that fight or that round before, yeah, before the, so I had an 85, I had a draw going into the 11th man. that's how good of a fight that was. Yeah. And now uh, mind you, I didn't have the, the, the 10, nine or the 10, eight. I believe with my having a 10, eight round that uh, you had a seventh round that could have been stopped. I believe me having the 10, eight, 10, 10, eight round made it uh, Ortiz did, up by one. I did think. you have Ortiz winning the 10th before the knockout? Yeah. So you would have had it. You would have had eighty-five, eighty-four. Yeah. Now, at the time of the stoppage, all three judges had an eighty-five, eighty-four wild. I heard about that, which would have been uh, if if the fight would have went to distance and it would have kind of continued on the same path that it was. That would have been an egregious decision. Now, I think, I think they probably would have finished the rounds. I. If Ortiz won the last two, I think he would have beat him. Yeah. The reason I think it was eighty-five, eighty-four is um, Steve Farhood gave the first through four to Ortiz. Mm -hmm. But I gave the third to Wilder, and you gave the second to Wilder. If all three of those gave the second and third, which were that close, it's not as egregious as it seems. Think of it that way. Because we we both had it different. We both gave Wilder a round, or Farhood didn't give him any. So I'm assuming that they split the first four Mm 2-2. And the round that I thought Wilder won, they took. And the round you thought he won, they took. So, but but that goes to how close this fight was. And And then it split up where it was all like, Wilder starts bombing on him. But then Ortiz starts, like, it was just, oh my God. You know, seventh round, and, and we had the knockdown in the fifth, where Ortiz seemed okay. Yeah. But he also was started spitting a lot, which meant he. Pro- I thought he was getting gassed. Yeah. Which he totally turned that off. He ate the sixth round. He got his ass kicked the sixth, but he hung on. Yeah. Recovered enough that he almost finishes him in the seventh. Yeah. Handles him in the eighth, but doesn't go for the kill. Yeah. The ninth round, I gave the Wilder. And it was a close round. I think you gave it to Wilder and put a question mark on it, but I could yeah. be wrong. And then the 10th round, Ortiz goes right back to winning. And then he just eats that putt. And that's the one thing, once again, Deontay Wilder, I I, I say this as Gennady Golovkin is my favorite fighter. There is nobody who has a killer instinct anymore like Deontay Wilder. Golovkin was the guy, and he doesn't even have that in the, anymore. Yeah. And we saw it the Jacobs fight. We saw it the Canelo fight. I don't know if it's, he's just respecting their ability or if he is just slowing down, which I hope because if he loses, I'm going to be so pissed in a, in a couple months. But the one, the, the biggest caveat, which is also the biggest detriment, is Wilder's killer instinct. If he runs in there and gets countered when he charges like a bull, he's going to count the lights. Because yeah. he's going to be coming forward like Pacquiao with Marquez. Well, and when he throws those like wild-ass punches... <laughs> no pun intended, wild or wild punches. 
But um, he leaves his head just out there to like, just, and his chin just out there just to get cracked. And somebody's gonna catch it mm-hmm. one day. And Ortiz did with a yeah. couple. But someone's gonna like really catch it, and they're gonna knock him out cold, and he's gonna be done for the fight. Mm-hmm. And and there was a, like there was a couple when he threw those crazy rights and then jumped backwards. Like he's he's goofy, man. Throwing those world star punches. <laughs> Every it, time I see him fight, I like think of world star like video. <laughs> world star. And once again, that that's where I I I credited to and I ask is is his style so goofy and unorthodox? Because he didn't start till he was 20 years old. Probably. You know, he never had the, you know, I'm 10 years old doing these little little fights where I get to learn the basics. Like, I mean, you know, if you saw this guy coming to your gym, you're going, oh, my God, this is a gold mine. Yeah. You know, it's like Vince McMahon. Oh, God, damn it. Look at this guy. You know, that's how Vince would be with that body. Yeah. How quick do you, do, they, do you think they rushed him? probably pretty quick, but I mean, the guy's just, for all of his faults, he just got unreal punching power. <laughs> I just did blow his eye. And the heart of a lion. Do so you, it's like, it's one of these combinations that, where you would think it would be, it should be easy to beat, but he just hangs in there. It and just fin- takes and, one. Yeah, it just takes one. Is Now, I understand having a great tech. Could okay. First, I'm gonna say this. Could you imagine if he had real technique behind his punches with that power? Like, oh, man, if he could throw like a straighter punch. Like if he if if he threw a hook with his hips and not just with his shoulders. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> he might coma people. But with that being said, with his estranged power and lack of technique. Do you think he has more power than Tyson did? No. Okay. I mean, now I mean, here's the thing: is close. You have to attest that Tyson obviously had the technique because yeah. he had the training. He learned how to do it. But without throwing a prop, like I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say this flat out, man. And Wilder, if you're listening, is ain't a knock on you. He doesn't know how to throw, throw a proper punch. I mean, there are times where his punches look good, but there are times when he, like, starts getting, like, when he gets up. Thank you. And he's, like, throwing, like, he's, like, punches where he's, like, looks like he's throwing his palm, like, the bottom of his hands at people. When he's not thinking and he's going 100 miles an hour and he's got an adrenaline kick, he is not throwing one. He, he, it looks like Jack from Tekken when he holds down and tries yeah, yeah. and, and he just, <laughs> or like Bart Simpson when he starts like going at me with his arms. Yeah, like, if I hit you, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, if I kick you, it's not my fault. He, it's just, it, it, it's, it's an honest question. Like, I wonder if he hits harder than Tyson. I don't know, man, because Tyson was so good at getting his whole body. Like, his punches were a lot, like, straighter, and he was so good at, like, getting his, like, actually his... When I I say to everybody that Wilder doesn't throw his hips behind his hooks, it's all shoulder, Mike Tyson turned like an action figure. His hips were so proper. It was like those, those old wrestlers where you'd spin their body and they would all go together. That's how Tyson's hooks were. And I like so I guess I don't think he hits as hard as Tyson, but it's close. It's and even saying it's close to me is crazy. Yeah. Because nobody 
like nobody thought Tyson could ever get, you know, out power punched by anybody, you know, and man. So obviously, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of broke it down here. Uh, we had, we had a three, one Ortiz Wilder gets the 10, eight in the fifth. Oh, excuse me. Ties the fight back up. Wilder takes a six. Ortiz gets a seventh, eighth. Wilder sneaks the ninth in there. Ortiz is winning the tenth. We got a tie fight. Elijah's got Wilder down by one because of the ten eight. And then Bomb Squad. I no other way to put it. Bomb Squad. And Deontay Wilder. And the best part, the best part, they're in Brooklyn. You think back, what what movie took place in Brooklyn? Vampire in Brooklyn? Oh, no, no, no. Famous. Okay, Denzel Washington. John Q. <laughs> Mo Better Blues. Okay, uh, Denzel Washington. I think Ethan Hawke. Training Day. And what is what did what did Denzel Washington say? The famous line from Training Day. King Kong ain't got shit on me. And Wilder says that after the fight's over. Him now, him and King Kong have him embraced, and they both put each other over and said, "You know, we're two guys fighting for our daughters." Ortiz's daughter has the skin that skin disease, so he fights for her. Wilder says, "I believe spinal bifida." He yeah. fights for her. You know, they totally respected. It. it was awesome, awesome post fight. I was glad they were all cordial. And Wilder looks over to Ortiz, and he's like, "You know, I got to do it." Ortiz kind of just shook his head off, and he's like, King Kong ain't got shit on me! <laughs> and then he kind of, like, fist-gloved Ortiz and walked away, and then Ortiz did his part. But like you said, Wilder is good for boxing with his personality. Yeah. One thing I was going to add to this is, Ortiz is, I can't believe Ortiz is able to hang in there when he's like, <laughs> When he's like 50 years old. I know. But he's another one of those we don't know what his real birth certificate is. He's like, well, we'll guess he's 38, but he's probably more like 45. And when he, you know when he did that crazy dance and then got knocked down in the fifth? Yeah. And he like hugged the rope on the way down. He stood up and he's like, eh, I'm, okay. I'm fine. I'm like, yeah. my, my head would be like four rows deep. And then when he when he got knocked out, he just spits all over the canvas. Nah, I'm okay. <laughs> like I'm like Jesus, Ortiz just doesn't care. King Kong, man, hell of a fighter, yeah. hell of a fighter. Nothing but respect for the dude. And Paulie Malinaji said it best. They said, "Is King Kong still a player after losing to Wilder?" He said, "Hell yeah, he yeah, is. I think he's better than Parker." Yep. And look how look at the fight he took to Deontay Wilder. Yeah. Whether you call Joshua one or Wilder one or they're one and one A, he beat our you know, I, I still I still say Joshua one, but ranking wise because of longevity, the number one fighter in the division. Yeah. And he took him to the limit. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that the heavyweight division Arguably has produced the best fight of the year last year and the best fight of the year now this year. And maybe the best fight of the year in the next Ooh! year. If, would it ha- if it happens. Now, do you, if Joshua gets through Parker, do you want it to happen at the end of this year or do you want him to wait till next year? I have to see how, how both fighters are doing. Now, Jim Gray said this, and this is something that kind of irked me. 
but then I thought Canelo Golovkin and how it worked out. Mm-hmm. He's like, Deontay, you know, you got this win. What is that noise? Did you hear that? Oh, it's that paper over there. <laughs> oh. I'm like, sorry, sorry, guys. There's this weird noise, and I'm like, what is going on? There's something in here. Um, he's like, you know, do you what do you want to do next? He said Anthony Joshua supposedly has said after Parker he wants a tune-up fight before he fights you. Do you want a tune-up fight as well before you fight him? And he said, I will do whatever they want to do. If if they need to, fine, we'll have another fight. He's like, but if he's ready, I'm ready to go right now. Yeah. Do you agree with Anthony Joshua wanting a tune-up after Parker before Wilder? I don't know, man. I don't know what these, what's going on with these fighters and how their bodies are and stuff. So as long as he fights them, yeah. if he wants one more fight, I guess – just, if they're going to take an easy September, October fight and then fight again in March or something, fine. Yeah. But my only – here was my thought about this. Is why do you want a tune-up fight after a unification fight? You shouldn't need a tune-up fight. Yeah, that is true. If anything, they should have had tune-up fights before these fights. Yeah, and maybe they're just trying to, again – Delay it. Delay mm. it. How promoters love to do. God, Eddie Hearn should lick my be-alls. Shout-out to uh, – Shelly Shelly Miller was that, that's the name of the Shelly Finkel that was like Ice is out Einhorn, Einhorn <laughs> I don't Finkel. Einhorn Finkel. I always remember the first name and never remember the the last name even yeah. though the last name has the easiest remembrance and you always correct me and I get so mad at myself because I should always remember just, Finkel just like, just like Einhorn Finkel <laughs> Einhorn is Finkel Shelly Finkel, Finkel might be the realest promoter I've ever heard. When he just jumped on that radio show, it was like calling out Eddie Hearn to the point Eddie Hearn changed his answer, and then he left. Then he left the radio. It's like, my time is done here. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that dude obviously hangs out with Steve Willis. Awesome fights we got from Showtime. They were, oh. Yeah, they were, they were tremendous. God, Wilder Ortiz was so good. And and it was it was good in the Joshua Klitschko aspect of last year's fight of the year because there was so much peril for multiple rounds for both fighters. Yeah. And I think what really stood it out too was we had the um, I got I got the red ones over there if you'd rather have red. Um, I like winter. Really. <laughs> the uh, the first kind of couple rounds like I I had already seen the fight and I'm standing going punch him. Yeah, there wasn't much going on. And then it's mainly Wilder's kind of sitting back. And then fourth round, fifth round, it just the second. I'll say fifth round when he knocked down Ortiz. Yeah. Oh God, the gloves are off. Yeah. And that was the stretch was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was your Showtime card. We're gonna break. We're gonna come back here. About to step into hour number two. Uh, like I said, we may not get to the news. The first hour went straight to Showtime. We're already an hour in. Um, so we're going we're gonna to come back. Well, maybe not as much to talk about because of the domination, but we got a great division to talk about. And I think that might take some time to talk about. Yeah. Cause that, I, I really want to dive into the question I posed to you about what if we get a new lineal on top of that, we have another guy who didn't fight on these cards <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't even talked about that still has one of those titles going, Hey guys, 
I know you talked about the lineal. I know you talked about the two fighters, but I'm still sitting here, and I'm a pretty damn good fighter. Yeah. So we got a lot to talk about. 175, light heavyweights, Wenham, HBO Boxing, Saturday night. Standing eight count, strong style media. Catch you in a couple. Your late night hip-hop and R&B podcast, Soda Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Halffine Adams. Every Thursday night, right here on the Strong Style Media Network, catch up on your latest on hip-hop and R&B, and hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. But if you trust the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you deal. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like time See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. Victim, I believe don't have religion. Just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. But I take a breath. Regain my pet. Check my feet when I'm walking. See if it ain't. I've seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sort of clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the grill, man. Because this how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Peanut. Peanut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted I, to I it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. But I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. And I took an Alpha Brain. I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh. My. Hey, I'm Dr. Afkin. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. Like I can't. What are you? I can't see that. You need glasses. I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents... Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all, with your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsled, basketball, survivor, and even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles and track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. They count back at you. Do you think Hulk Hogan comes out playing a guitar to that song? Maybe because he rocked the Jimmy Head, you know, because he's a voodoo child. <laughs> I miss Hulk Hogan, brother. Somebody asked Mark Henry, they're like, "Hey man, should Hulk Hogan be back?" And he goes, "Hell yeah!" 
And they're like, what? And he's like, he can just apologize to the brothers and then come back. It's Hulk Hogan, baby. <laughs> and then he just gets in a taxi and closes the door. <laughs> I was like, damn. I was like, I guess he does have a free pass from Booker T. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> did you ever, not to get, not to get on set, did you ever hear when, when somebody asked Booker T about that? Uh-uh. He's like, He's like, after I said it, I knew I screwed up. I'm like, oh, no. And he's like, I'm walking through the hallway, and Hulk, Hulk turns around the corner and starts walking my way, and he's like, oh, no. And he walks up, and Hogan just kind of like, hey, what's going on, brother? And uh, makes no mention of it. And Booker T's like, I know he – I know he, I got to say something. He goes, Hulk, man, I'm sorry, brother. I didn't mean to say anything. And he's like, look, Book, I don't care. He goes, he goes – how did he say it? He's like, if I, I, I don't care if I'm an N, but I hope I'm a good one. <laughs> Booker T's like, I love you, brother, and walked away from him. And he's like, that's what I realized my job was saved. <laughs> and then Hulk Hogan went and drank beer. Wow. I guess I guess they had a in like the NWO locker room. They had like a tub of just Miller Lite oh, every geez. night. Charlie, they just sit back there drinking beer. Here's some breaking news. Ooh. I don't know if it's breaking version. I wish I had like a like a type thing. But I don't know if this is like super breaking, but it's on ESPN's website. It says Junior Welterweight. Oh, is this the Figura? Yeah, he's withdrawn from the mm-hmm. the title, the fight against Braun. Yep. Yeah, the April 21st fight is canceled. I mean, I don't know. Figueroa probably got beat up by Braun or anyway. You, you know, what really surprised me about that with people thinking that, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but PBC marketed him yeah. more than anybody for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Do you think they thought he was going to be able to be okay and they were just delusional? A Bronner? No, a Figura. He was on all of these shows. Yeah, I mean... I bet you he's had more PBC fights than Robert Guerrero. He's not a terrible... He's not like a... He's not a terrible fighter. It goes... But he's like he's an exciting fighter. I'm not saying any by any means like Adrian Bronner beating him up makes him a terrible fighter. He's just he's a kind of a limited like brawler type of guy, and he's he's a TV friendly fighter. But he's probably more than likely not going to beat a guy like that has the skill level of Adrian Bronner. Unfortunately, I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't. Like, unless you're a brawler like Marcos Maidana, I mean. <laughs> no, and, and that's the one thing I always thought about Figueroa was, like, I'd see him on every freaking PVC card, and I'm just like, I don't care, you know. And it's it's not a, not to discredit the dude, but I'm just like, ah, I don't. He doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Was that that wasn't a was that an interim title fight? It was a title eliminator. Okay. Did it say who they were going to be put up against if they won? No, it didn't say anything about that. It just says that he withdrew because of a shoulder injury. Okay. I wasn't sure if they had the uh, – And that's DWI or GUI, I think. Um, so, back to the – back <laughs> to Showtime uh, or HBO or whatever we're talking about now. Uh, HBO coming up here. So I was looking at something else. I just saw Kelbrook has ruled out Jermel Charlo for his next fight. Mm. Um, doesn't say 
Uh, it says Brooks says he won't be facing WBC junior middleweight champion Jermel Charlo in June because he wants to fight another 154 fighter before Charlo to get more suited for it. Well, that's it's smart. I mean, gotta get yourself gotta get yourself kind of ready for that. For when you jump up and wait like that, you gotta get yourself kind of ready for it. You probably don't want to jump up, especially with his history mm-hmm. and like taking taking difficult fights. Like he's probably like maybe I should scale back this time and make sure I'm totally ready before I jump in the ring with. Golovkin moving up two weights and then drop back down to fight Spence my next fight. Brooks says, I'm putting 154 on notice, but I want another fight first. <laughs> that sounded like, this thing is funny. Well, I mean, but like, honestly, like, he probably should have done that. He probably should have. Oh, like... <laughs> Somebody said, er, the article says, it's unknown why Brooks 31 is talking about wanting to put the fighters on 154 on notice when he has absolutely no intention of fighting any of them this year. If the idea is for Brooke to take a small step up from Rabchenko, a fighter that arguably has no business being ranked number five by the WBC, then it doesn't say much. Rabchenko looked like a poor fighter last Saturday. Um, the next, or there's talking about Khan and Brooke in November. Which would probably be a smarter fight for him to take. Um, and then Kel could fight in June before the Khan fight. Um, doesn't say anything about who he would fight. Uh, let's see. It should be interesting to see where Hearn uses a step up for the Brook fight, since this is likely going to be another fight that will be taking place in the UK. Hearn might opt to match Brook against Liam Smith, Austin Trout, Liam Williams, or Jack Colke. I think it's probably going to be one of those guys that Brook winds up fighting. The fighters that Hearn likely won't be matching against Brook are Eric Lubin, J-Rock Williams, Baines Martirosian, and Michael Soro. Well, I mean... Some of those guys are big punchers, so. Yeah, I, I still think Lubin's a player, even though he got caught oh, in the first. I mean, it was kind of a, it was a good punch, but it was kind of a, like just one of those things where. It's a good pat. It just happens, like, where it's just kind of a fluky, like. <laughs> Going back to MMA, sadly, Jose Aldo got knocked out in nine seconds, and that dude is one of the best fighters in the world for 10 straight years. Yeah. Just happens. Yeah, I think even though J-Rock's taking a couple L's, I still think could pose a little bit of a problem. Yeah. Um, I've never seen uh, Michael Sorrell. I don't know who that is. He's an athletic, like, decent puncher type of fighter. Okay. So maybe maybe that's a little more Michael Sorrell, like, just upset, like, somebody, I think, in one of his, like, or maybe he just, like, I think he, like, knocked out, which probably isn't, like, that hard to do anymore, but I think he knocked out um, Glenn Tapia. Oh, okay. Okay. And Baines Martirosin, I think, is a dangerous fight. Oh yeah, he's he's decent. He gives, he's pretty good still. Um, what was the other thing? And then we'll not not to keep jumping all <laughs> jumping the news early. Um, but I saw something else about it. Yeah, Kelbrook says he won't be facing Jermel Charlo in June. He wants that other fight. Um, wants to do Khan and wants to get another one. Uh, Hearn also mentioned uh, Saddam Ali facing Liam Smith. The winner of that looks to match Brooke uh, rather than Charles. So they might even wait. Hearn pointed out that IBF champion Jarrett Hurd is facing Super World champion Erzlandi Lara next. Brooke will have an excuse for not facing either of those guys now. I like Kel Brook. I think he's a really good fighter. And we're going to get into this 175 mess. But once again, there's something right in the middle of this conversation that pisses me off. And I think you know what it is. 
What did I? Who did I keep saying the whole time when I'm talking about Kelbrook in these fights? Eddie Hearn. Yeah. Once again, Eddie Hearn is starting to slowly become problem child number one. He, he it literally he says Jerry Hearn's facing Lara next, so they're not going to be able to fight Brooke. Why can't they fight Brooke at the end of the year? I'm not saying that because yeah. Brooke's – and once again, this is just like Joshua. I'm not dogging the fighter. The fighter's fantastic. Kelbrook is fantastic. But come on, dude. Here we go again. Eddie Hearn. What are we going to call him? The UK, the UK Bob Arum? We just call him Chick's Bastard Brother. <laughs> no, Chick Hearn. Tight. That's what I'm saying. Chick's Bastard oh, Okay, brother. okay. It's like uh, like Ramsey Bolton or whatever. Or uh, who was the dude that they fed? Uh, spoiler alert, that they fed to the dogs? Oh, Ramsey. Yeah, was it Ramsey Bolton? Yeah. Yeah, it's like Ramsey Bolton. It's uh that's what this guy is. The bastard brother no one likes. It's just like, oh, uh, don't do, we, we thought, I shouldn't even say, I'm, I, I'm, here goes, I get one, one I get a rant the show, right? Yeah. Okay, here it goes. So I said Bob Aaron, okay, but that's also going off of something we're going to talk about that might just be old age and stupidity rather than idiocracy, but still annoying. This this is starting to get how we used to be about De La Hoya not letting Canelo fight Golovkin, even though Canelo is trying to fight these guys. And De La Hoya is like, nah, be bolder, Canelo. <laughs> get him later. Hey, Canelo, be bold. <laughs> be bolder. <laughs> or be bold. De La Hoya is like, we'll get them later. It's okay. <laughs> you know, he's got that calm and sultry voice. He's a singer. <laughs> and And... The same thing we used to get with um, oh, the the other the other guy that drives me nuts, the PVC guy, the Showtime guy, Bronner's guy, Heyman. Yeah, Al Heyman always have some stipulation as to why this guy can't fight that guy. Now Eddie Hearn got a little power because he's got Kel Brook and Anthony Joshua. What is he doing? Hey guys, can I join the Dickhead Promoter Club? Let me go in there and let's let's let me take my great fighters and not let them fight your great fighters and not let them fight your great fighters and we'll all just not have our great fighters fight each other but we'll bicker on the internet and we'll just have them fight our average fighters. Yeah, like 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 Ramchenko, who I thought I'd I'd seen have a good showing before, but apparently it was no match for Kelbrook. Yeah. Uh, his article stated had no business even being considered number five by the WBC. Come on. Let's once again, 2016, 2017 was going in the right direction. (laughs) Everything we wanted was happening. All the, was that earn more? No. Martin Murray, Billy Joe Saunders. They're fighting. What? April 14th, Martin Murray, Billy Joe Saunders. That's got to be just a tune-up while he's waiting for Canel or Golovkin. Probably, but you never can count Martin Murray out. Wow. He's on a three-fight win streak, too. When, how long ago did Murray get savaged by Golovkin? Was it 2014? 2015. It was 2015. a while ago. I thought it was older than 15. 
I'm probably thinking of Matthew Macklin. Yeah. But it just come on, man. All these fights were going the way we wanted to see them. Yeah. Santa Cruz was fighting Frampton. You know, Lomachenko fought Rigandau. You know, yeah. which sucks because that fight had so much potential written yeah. on it. You know, we got all these great fights. And I'll tell you one fight that I love that happened, whether it was uh, the guy had no business being there because it was, but it was finally this guy went up and fought and got smoked like he deserved. But when Canelo beat the hell out of Chavez Jr., oh, God. you know, like we finally got, because it was a, arguably that's a big money fight. Sadly, it's a big money fight. You know, we finally got Thurman and Garcia. You know, we well, we don't like Garcia, but I just mean to the boxing world. It's a, the the biggest boxing fight in in Barclays Center history yeah. is that fight. Yeah, it's, I'm glad Garcia got slapped around, but you know, we finally started getting these fights, and then now we got this new British snot nosed promoter coming in. Going, hey, let me help the logjam of crap that doesn't happen in boxing. <laughs> you guys had two fun years. Now you're done. Yeah. 175 pound division was on showcase on HBO. Undercard, we saw Dimitri Bivol, 12 and 0 going into the fight, 10 knockouts, takes on Sullivan Barrera, and he decimates Sullivan Barrera. I had him up 11 0 on the scorecards. I'm assuming you did too. Uh no. I, I had it I had it even. You must be, hang out with uh Adelaide Bird. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It was, <laughs> it was it was it was pretty much a shutout until the until the KO. And then he finishes him. Oh gosh. And and not only does he finish him, but he does it in the twelfth round. When most of these guys as they get up in weight class start gassing. Mm-hmm. He goes up and finishes, and he finishes Sullivan Barrera. Sullivan Barrera is not a scrub. No, his his like his straight right hand is is something, man. Dimitri Bavol might have the best jab in boxing. Yeah, like his jab and his like straight right are just. You know, and, and a lot. I another he's he's another comparison I've heard jab wise with Gennady Golovkin. Yeah. The difference with these guys is Bavol is more of a back foot step back and then come at you. I think I think his jab is quicker. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas Golovkin is like a power punch. And and Golovkin walks. Yeah. He walks through you with his jab, which adds that power. Bavol will step and hit you. And and that's the big difference I look at when I heard somebody compare the two. I'm like, well, if you want to compare them murdering people, fine. Yeah. But Bavol is a little more elusive with his step backs. And he comes with that jab. That jab is just nasty. Brewer had no answer for it. No. He he ate the jab over and over and over. At one point during like the fifth round, it was like fifty-four to three. Yeah. Fifty-four to three. He's landed ten jabs to your half a jab around. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> you know, and, and Barrera could not find an answer to any of it. We saw a few headbutts. And I think the beauty that goes in now for Dimitri Bivol out of this, he had a big-ass hematoma over his – this ain't no Asim Rockman let it lose hematoma. But, it was, it was but this was like – this wasn't a tennis ball or a softball. This was more like a golf ball. Yeah. But he had a hematoma on his right or his left. 
he cut his right uh, right eye open, both on headbutts, yeah. and no effect. No. So now you got this young cat, 25, 27. I can't remember how old he is. He's right around that, t- right around one of those two ages. I, I guarantee it's one of the two. And he um, he showed that he can handle a cut. Mm-hmm. He can an- handle a, a big hematoma like that, and it didn't affect his production whatsoever. No. And he fought through it. They patched that cut up by the fourth round. Yeah. By the fifth or sixth, it didn't even leak. Mm-hmm. And he just kept going, man. Yeah. Thoughts on that Bivol versus Sullivan Barrera fight? Man, a one-sided destruction. Uh, it was – I was having a hard time kind of staying focused because of just how how one-sided it was. But definitely a great showing by Bivol. And, like, I was kind of on the fence with him just because, you know, I hadn't seen him a ton and – he hadn't really been in there with anyone. To be fair, though, he only had 12 fights, so yeah. not many people saw him. No. So and, not just you. And, like, he put up – he, like, destroyed a very, like, tough game, like, fighter in in Barrera. So now I, I think I think I'm on the Bavol bandwagon. Do you think Dimitri Bavol handled Barrera better than Ward did? Well, I understand it's two different fighters, and I understand it's two different styles. But if you were to if you were to put the two fights side by side, who gets a higher grade performance? I would say Bavol, like Ward. It's 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 rough because Ward like Ward was avoiding getting headbutt and all the stuff, and he didn't look like he was in a fight and blah blah blah. But Bavol like knocked him out. So I oh, they both were like pretty convincing, pretty easy wins for each fighter, but I just, I guess with like the punching power that Bavol has, I think he probably might have like done more damage to I'll say this. Ward did everything to stay away from making it dirty, a dirty head buddy type fight, because Barrera's head is like, as you said, the leader from the Marvel Universe. Yeah. He has a giant, it's like the head from the MTV show where the, the Little alien came out of the dude's head. Oh God! <laughs> Solomon Brera's head looks like a giant, like watermelon. It's huge. Yeah. It's so big, and you know he's gonna headbutt you. It's just it's there. He's got like a Barry Bonds head for those of you that want like a comparison. Like he wears like an eight and a quarter hat size. <laughs> like you can't buy those at lids. You have to get them special order. And yes, Ward avoided all that. And he looked clean, landed safe punches, and outpointed him. He did his job. He gets a nice grade for that. But Dimitri Bivol went in there, I think, landed better punches. I think he landed more punches and didn't care about getting headbutted to inflict more damage. So, yes, visually he looked worse. But as you said with the knockout, I think Dimitri Bivol put on a better showcase against Sullivan Barrera than Andre Ward did. Yeah. And because of that, I, I feel like I got a burp and I'm trying to not do it. Uh, Dimitri Bavol, I think, has officially done what Kel Brook just said he did, even though he really didn't. Yeah. He put 175 on notice. Oh, definitely. Like, if you were to ask me now, like, who you, who I'd want to see Bavol fight. Abraham's ugly. Yeah, he is. <laughs> who, who I'd want to see Bavol 
who I'd want to see Bavol fight now, I would say F it. Put him in with Kovalev. Because you, I think he's ready, and I think he could beat Kovalev. Yeah. Now, now here, here's something I'll say to you, too. If Kovalev beats him, I don't know if it hurts Bavol as much. No. Because then you go, okay, he's 13-1. and one, But he's so young, and he went for it. Yeah. And now you got all the money in the back pocket on the Bavol comeback train, and then he fights him again. Yep. So then you get all that money in the rematch. Yeah. So I I I say do it. You know why not? I uh, oh the one thing I forgot about when I was talking to you was Kovalev said Badu Jack called me out. Ooh. And he goes, if Badu Jack wants to fight me, I'll fight him. That's a big money fight. Yeah. He's like, I'd do it. So Badu Jack had to beat Stevenson first, though. Yeah. You think who do you, who do you got? Ah oh, man, it's a tough fight because I'm the real champ. Obviously, Bobby Jack hasn't faced a puncher like Stevenson, but Stevenson hasn't faced a, a live body in like. You so mean long. Ashley Theo Payne or whatever is in a live body? Ashley Theo Payne fought, fights like at Broner's weight. Oh, that's who Broner fought him. Yeah, I knew one of those two guys that I don't like fought some scrub at a PBC, and I was all pissed. They're wearing some like dookie yellow trunks. We were probably, was it Fonfaro? Oh, might have, yeah, he might have but been. But I like Fonfaro. No, but I mean, Theo Payne okay. fought Bronner that I could, yeah. I knew it was either Bronner or Stevenson fought the guy. And I'm oh, like, Tom, was it Thomas Williams that Stevenson fought? Oh, it might have been. <laughs> and I'm watching, like, this dude's a joke. Oh, come on, Body Jack. Yeah, I would love I'm to. going all in. I would like. I would like to see Bottle Jack win. I don't want to see Adonis Stevenson run in the ring with another 175er who he won't fight, yet go, I'm the real champ. I'm the champion now. Because I think Bottle Jack will fight the other, the other like legitimate champions. I don't think he's, I don't think he's gonna like kind of as Jim Gray said or who, who said it. Jim, Jim uh, Lampley. Jim Lampley said, said that. Uh, Adonis Stevenson is holding the title, ho- the lineal title hostage in Montreal. Yeah, so if Bobby Jack wins, <laughs> if Bobby Jack wins, I don't think he's, I don't think he's gonna hold the hold the belt hostage. <laughs> but, I just can't. But, uh, do you think he thinks he's the real champ because he's a lineal? Probably. God. What, what, what if he? Who beat? did he beat for the lineal? I can't remember who Stevenson beat for that title. Chad Dawson, maybe. It might have been. He's had that. T- he's had the lineal championship for a long if time. He had that belt since before I started getting back into boxing. I yeah. Think. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use the Googles. I'm actually a boxer right now. Are you a boxer? Pull up Stevenson. Uh, it's it's spelled C H I C K E N S O Adonis Chickenson. I want to get a sound clip that goes. Adonis Chickenson, and they go, I'm the real champ. God, see, you know, as much as the Ward Kovalev was good, like the first fight was fight of the year, but how much more money I think you think Kovalev, Chickenson, Stevenson, I didn't even mean to say it that time. I actually, I swear I really didn't mean to say it that time. But wasn't that more of the money fight after that HBO incident? Yeah, probably. God, that makes me mad. Look at that idiot. Oh, he pisses me off. Even as he's pouting in his profile picture. Okay, so it looks like Chad, he won in 2013, he won the world 
the WBC World Light Heavyweight title. And then, at, and that was Chad Dawson. And then he defended it against Tavares Cloud. And then he defended it against Tony Below. Tony Ballou, that's probably who I was mad about. Was that 2014? No, 2015. But Tony Ballou is good. Like, he, he's pretty good. Okay, then maybe that's not what I was thinking. Um, and it was 2013. It was um, like 2015. Then he defended against Andre Fanfara. Then he defended against some guy named Dmitry Sukhotsky. That's probably the guy you're thinking of. Was cause... that 2015? It was 2014. Okay, keep then, going. Then he defended against Sakyo Bika. That's who it was. It was Sakyo Bika. But Bika's a, Bika's a, but he had no business being in there. Yeah. Come on. Like, or maybe it was Tommy Karpensky who you're like. Oh, it could be Karpensky. Was that 2015? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was. Because he probably wore those stupid Hulk Hogan colored shorts. Yeah. So I think, I think Chad Dawson was the lineal champion that he got. And that makes sense. Because that was right, that was right after like the Super Series. Man, this, this guy has had, this guy has had like. Ten title defenses against just besides like Tony. He Ballou. fights bombs. Just besides Tony Ballou, he doesn't fight very. He doesn't fight good opposition. Two of his defenses were against Andres Farnfara. <laughs> this is this is my point when I when I was pissing and bitching and moaning two years ago. Is Kovalev would stomp this guy, and I I and I say and when I say stomp this guy, I say it for this reason. Look at the competition Kovalev has fought. Yeah. And look at the competition he's beat. I say fought because the you know, he fought yeah. Andre freaking Ward. Yeah. And look at the guys he's beat. In in you know, you can definitely argue. I mean, I, I'll argue it all night. I still think he beat Ward the first time. Yeah. I will not dispute the st- that he got stopped the second time. Yeah. But you could argue this dude beat Son of God, who is pound when he was active was pound for pound over Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And you could argue Kovalev beat him. And I will never forget, to this day, you texted me and said, dude, I don't know if he can handle this power when he popped him in the second round. Yeah. Because even you went, oh, my God, and you're a Wardhead. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that. I got an Andre Ward autograph above my wall. I'm right there with you. But, you know, it, even though he was old, Bernard Hopkins, you know, just Jean pa- didn't he beat Jean, Jean Pascal twice? Look at the talent that Kovalev beat, and look at the talent that Stevens. Take both of their title histories. Yeah. And I don't know if Kovalev's worst title defense was his worst defense might have been better than Stevenson's toughest defense, which is probably Tony Blue. Yeah. And Tony Blue like is fighting heavyweight now, I believe, because he's fighting David Haig and after beating. Yeah, him. so he's got to be up there. He's probably pushing two twenty. Yeah, and he beat up he beat up on David Haig. I don't even know why they're fighting. Smoking again. on that David Haig way. I don't even know why they're fighting again. I don't know because like UK rappers use David Haig yeah. in rap songs. It was on some Madden game. But my point being is, I understand how. Stevenson is talented. I'm not going to dog the talent. He's one of the, he honestly is one of the biggest punchers in boxing. He's got some dynamite hands. He but, has hammers, but he hits it's cinder blocks when he hits. And I say that because, you know, this is when I was kind of getting back in, but not fully in. I know who the hell Chad Dawson was. Yeah. I I enjoyed from what I saw, and I know how much you like how I bought you a Chad Dawson autograph glove. Yeah. 
You know, Chad Dawson was the dude. So you didn't beat a scrub. Yeah. But but now all you do is fight scrubs. Yeah. I don't think he's beaten Badu Jack. Yeah, I, I think Badu Jack has a very good chance to win this fight. Is that what is that fight? Is that April twenty first? No, April twenty first was Bronner Figura. April fourteenth, maybe? No, fourteenth is Saunders Murray we just showed. God, there's so ladies and gentlemen, boxing is getting gangster again in the spring. Such this this is why this is why it's it's good to have a have a show devoted to this because we're gonna have so much boxing to talk about. It is uh Is it May? Man. My thing is it's uh May nineteenth. May nineteenth, so it's two weeks after Canelo Golovkin. Yeah. I, I we might have I'm taking off work that night. <laughs> you come on down. I'm gonna come on down and we're gonna watch Badu I I'm gonna be so rowdy at your house. Tell your wife now. <laughs> oh, she'll be fine. <laughs> no, I know she won't care. Um I just I don't she'll probably make dinner for us. Let's go. I'm gonna have beer and dinner. I don't I just, I don't think he's beating Badu Jack. And you know what if he does? Hey, I was wrong. If he does, then he's gonna his next ton of defense. Oh, his next ton of defense is gonna be against John Pascal. How long till he sees if Chavez Jr. wants to come out of retirement? <laughs> like that's the kind of crap I expect from this dude. And it's it's he goes right in the same category as the guy I just mentioned, Chavez Jr., Adrian Bronner. These guys all had so much talent and they won't use it. Stevenson has talent, but he won't fight anybody. Nobody can see the punching power you had against Chad Dawson because you're fighting Tommy Karpensky. It sounds like a NASCAR driver. God. Rant two over. I'm sorry. Uh, Dimitri Vivaldo handles. We're going to get into this whole 175, this entire division here. But he handles Sullivan Barrera. Do you think Sullivan Barrera could beat Adonis Stevenson? I think Barrera, like, could possibly beat a lot of guys. Because that kind of goes off of where we were comparing the Ward and Bivol fight. God, Dimitri Bivol is so good, and he's so young. Because, I mean, I, I think I think Barrera would put up a better fight against Kovalev than he did against Bivol tonight. And that was something I said to you, too, Elijah, that really confused me, is Sullivan Barrera got offered the Kovalev fight. It was a better fight. And... Instead of doing it, he chose to fight Dimitri Bivol. Sounds like he thought it was a better chance to win a title. But to be honest, yeah, he's 27. I knew he was one of the two. But like I said to you, to be honest, I don't think you're beating either guy. But so think, why not take the payday? Yeah, and why not just... Why, why not try to fight the bigger name? Yeah, and the guy that doesn't have... A lot of the advantages over you that Bivol obviously did. The, the guy that just came off of two losses. Yeah. And a, and a guy you just saw Andre Ward figure out the solution to. Yeah. And I mean, you're you're more athletic than than this guy, and you probably have a little more hand speed and stuff. Obviously, you don't have probably have the punching power that he has. But, no. But I mean, I agree with the speed though. I think he I think he may have faster hands. Yeah, and and quicker feet and stuff and. I mean, why why fight a guy that you probably don't have those advantages over? Do you think maybe he was in the same kind of boat that they said about Igor McCulloch? By the way, Igor McCulloch, they stopped the fight. He looked like a video game. He looked like that that <laughs> that girl like and the Exorcist when the when she was like possessed, like her face. <laughs> like, 
her face was all messed up. There was, I think it was at the end of the sixth or seventh, where McCulloch leaned down to spit on his water and blood just began to pour out of his nose. It was, it was his face was all bruised and scratched up, <laughs> and bleeding, and Sergey Kovalev was the epitome of the word crusher. Yeah, he crushes down. Uh, what I wonder was Sullivan Barrera in the same mindset where of I understand him faster but I can't match him power for power. And because of that, he's going to keep me at, at bay and keep me honest. So I'm not going to be able to go as hard. And because of that, maybe I have a better chance against the because maybe his punching power just hasn't been tested yet. And he underestimated what he was getting in the ring with. Yeah, that could be it too. So I don't know. I but you know Barrera went in there and, and Dimitri Bivol just just manhandled him. Sergey Kovalev manhandles Igor McCulloch. We see both 175 pound guys retain their titles. They both get asked about fighting each other. They both kind of say that they look bad and maybe need another fight. Blah blah blah. But the division's exactly where we thought it was going to be after these fights. These two fights were the exact opposite of these Showtime fights. I see you looking at Sullivan Barrera there. He actually beat up Shabransky. Yeah. Remember when remember when Kovalev hit Shabransky with that right hook to the point he was dodging punches that weren't even being thrown? Because he was he – was, oh, that was when you texted me and said, okay, Kovalev is back. Yeah. <laughs> Shabransky was doing, like, left and right bobs, and the, the ref was like, all right, we're done, and he's – Missing out on an awesome show sucks. SeatGeek is an app that lets you track your favorite artists and notifies you when they announce new shows nearby. You can even connect your favorite music services so that you never miss out again. SeatGeek, the smart way to buy tickets. Fan of pro wrestling like we are? Yeah. We got you covered. Yeah. From WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, Lucha Underground, All Japan, and more. We're talking the highs and lows in pro wrestling. Heck, we're even giving you people from the Okadas and Omega. We're even talking the Bone Soldiers and Enzo Amoris. Sorry, Daniel. We'll stick to guys like this. Ryan Cook here, and you can check me out along with my co-host Alex Mello each Monday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Okay, I'm going to get that jersey for Steven. Oh, that Michigan sweatshirt is perfect for Susie. Ryan is going to love this hat. Fanatics.com has great gifts for all the sports fans in your life. Go to Fanatics.com right now and get free shipping and up to 10% cash back on absolutely everything. Every sport, every team. Fanatics.com, where sports fans shop. Calling all fight fans worldwide. My name is Elijah McNeil, and I'm one half of the best boxing podcast on the net. 
the one and only Standing Account Radio. Do you like hard-hitting commentary, analysis, and banter? Tune in on Sundays at 10 p.m. with my co-host, Ryan the Technical Legend Cook, and I break it down. That's Standing Account Radio, 10 p.m. Sundays, Strong Style Media. Alexa, call Ashley. Yeah, it's about time you call that girl. No, 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 he just talked to that girl two hours ago. You gotta let love marinate. Put love in that bag to marinate. Mmm, love gonna be in that bag like, mmm, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. What? And then, after it marinates, no, you're gonna pull it out. Jamie, who's Alexa? Say it! Say it, Jamie! You Alexa, that's right, I'm Alexa. Thanks, guys, but I'll take it from here. I got this, yo. Either thanks, blog talk. Can't uh, be can't be moved, can't be rocked. <laughs> we may have gotten booted from you guys, and we're not sure where. So we threw the commercial break to just kind of make it work. The last thing that we believe we were talking about was Vyacheslav Shabransky doing the wobble do wobble when he was uh, dodging punches that weren't even being thrown by one Sergei the Crusher Kovalev. I almost said Kozlov. Oh God, Mister. <laughs> God, stop me. Didn't Dev just date someone named Kozlov? Well, he dated that Russian girl, and I used to ask her if she knew, like, Alex Ovechkin and and Slava Kozlov and Slava Medvedenko. <laughs> she wasn't too pleased with me. I was like, whatever, you suck anyway. Anyway, that's beside the point. 175, though, is wide open with, excuse me, with goodness. Kolov gets that win. Dimitri Bivol gets the win. But if you want to get your box rec on for me real quick, good sir. There's another guy in this division that didn't fight, wasn't talked about, was a little bit talked about, but not a lot came of it. But I feel like he's got a lot to say. I think you know who I'm talking about, Elijah. Mr. Archer better be of. He's the guy in the whole cog in this that, that still has a title that not not a lot of guys are talking about. Dimitri Bavol put himself on the map substantially, defeating Sullivan Barrera. Kovalev has already, you know, he's been there for five years, been there for six years, you know, whenever whenever he beat B-Hop. I don't know, how long ago was B-Hop 49? Because <laughs> uh, that's what that was. But, uh, you know, we talked to Donna Stevenson, Badu Jack, and that whole issue where we really don't think that that Stevenson, we hope at least Badu Jack can come back and take the lineal from him because we need to see the lineal champion defending the damn title. But Arthur Benavidev is rocking and rolling in this division. He's got those wicked sideburns like Wolverine. And I don't, I don't know if anybody can go in and fully rock him. 
When, you know, when you look at oh, – that's odd. Uh, I got an idea. So I'll ask you the question while I rock on my, my cellular telephone. Um, where do you think Better Beam sits in this whole mix? Oh, man, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen a lot of his fights. So he's the guy that I'm kind of like really not super keen on out of, the, out of those guys. 12-0, same as Bivol was. Yep. All 12 are knockouts. But he is 33. Yep. So he comes in a little bit older. He's probably a little seasoned. You know, he, in the Europeans, he took a gold in 06, a gold in 10. He took a gold in Milan in 2019 at the World Championships. He took a silver in 07 in Chicago. You know, he's, he's, he's tough. Uh, going off his boxing record, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't fought any – any uh, okay, well I'll say this: He did beat Tavares Cloud in his second fight. Do you remember what, how long it took Adonis Chikinson to beat uh, Tavares Cloud? No, because uh, this was in 2014, and Better Be have knocked him out 38 seconds into the second. Jeez, oh, yeah, I don't know much. I think I, I think I think Cloud was in the fight longer, if I remember correctly. Tavares Cloud is from Tallahassee. Professional boxing record. His last so Tavares Cloud hasn't fought since 2014. He lost March 9th, 2013, unanimous to Bernard Hopkins. And then he lost in the seventh in 2013 of September to Adonis Stevenson. And then in 2014, knocked out in the second by Better View. What is an RTD? It's like a it's a decision, I believe. Because he lost in the seventh round against Adonis Stevenson via RTD. That sounds like uh, some... A referee technical decision. It's a corner retirement or a corner stoppage. Okay. So, like, throw, throw in the damn towel. Okay, yeah. Cloud later took on Bernard Hopkins. Throw the damn towel! <laughs> in the following September, Cloud challenged Stevenson for the light heavyweight and took a beating before quitting in his court. So, he quit on the stool. And then uh, Arthur better be of, uh, he says right from the start, Cloud was outmatched, not able to cope with the power of his vastly larger foe, getting dropped three times in the first <laughs> round before finally being dropped for the last time early in the second. God. So better be of put him down four times in three minutes and 38 seconds. I understand you haven't seen a lot, but the pedigree says a lot for his character. I vouch for better be of. I think he's the dark horse in this whole mix. Yeah. Everybody's now comparing Kovalev and Better Beev as the two guys that should fight. Mm-hmm. Or Kovalev and Bevel, excuse me. But Better Beev is the guy who could slide right in there and do some damage. Yeah. Badu Jack hopefully takes out Adonis Stevenson. He brings the uni- uh, the lineal championship back into fruition within the division. If you're Badu Jack and you managed to beat Adonis Stevenson, what is your path next? By going to this, going to 175 and fighting him and managing to take a title, are you... I'm going after, I'm going after the big dog. I'm, go, I'm going after um, Kovalev. So you, and, you have no interest in going back to 168. No. You're going, I took a title, I'm going to take more. You're collecting. Yeah. You're a metal collector at this point. I mean... You're yeah. a scrapper. I, I just... 
I don't know, because, I mean, there's decent fights from down at 168, but I don't know if he left 168 because he was having a hard time making the weight. I feel like he felt he's stronger. Yes, it's seven pounds. I know people are probably saying it's not a lot, but I think he feels he's bigger and stronger at 175, yeah. and I think he's comfortable. Yeah, so. And the fact that he got Stevenson to actually agree, because here's the thing is what we've been saying this whole time is Donna Stevenson just don't fight people. Yeah. He he sits in his, his, his house up in Montreal and just proclaims, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the real champion of them all? It's me, mirror. And that's what Donna Stevenson does. But bottom jack out of the fight. Yep. Sorry, continue. Oh, um, no. So I just, he, he, he pisses me off, man. If, <laughs> if, if, I, if I stay at 175, I'm not even worrying about the I'm not worried about better Biev or Bivol because I feel like they're not as beatable as Kovalev is and I feel like my name is established. I just beat Stevenson for the Lanil title uh the Lanil yeah. title. I like this and I like how that sounds. Like I feel like I should fight the biggest name of the bunch. And new WBC light heavyweight champion. So that's that's my thing because you're getting a you're getting a bigger name with maybe less less risk than the other two guys. Does better be of being 33 years old make a difference, or are we starting to see nowadays that age isn't a factor? Well, it just kind of depends on the fighter's career and the like the mileage. Like better be of is probably 33, but he's probably a young 33. Mm-hmm. Whereas how old's Kovalev? Like. Same age, probably. I think roughly, but I'll get you an answer right now while you're talking. Or, or did you, did you forget where you're going? No, I'm just kind of pausing for a second, just because I'm like trying to think. But 34. But I mean, uh, April second. He's he's a week younger than I am. Oh, wow. or a week older than I. No, yeah, a week younger than I am. So like, I think. Hi. <laughs> so I think that. <laughs> I think better be of is just. I like this. You're in a deep trance thought. I like where this may go. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, I'm, I'm waiting sorry. for like some bombshell. I'm sorry, no, there's no bombshell. My yet. whole like chair is turned and I'm staring at you erotically because I'm so excited. <laughs> Stop that. Okay. There's 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 no bombshell here. It's just better be of might just has probably less mileage. I mean, Kovalev is about the same age, but he's. He's been like fighting longer. He's yeah. been fighting better fighters, and he's been beat a couple times. And the second fight was a pretty like rough fight. So I mean, he's got some mileage on him. Where better be it might be just the same age, but he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, better be it's twelve and out, twelve knockouts. Yeah, so I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot of a whole lot of damage done to him. So. God. But... So then, do you do you put better be him against Bivol? Or if you're Bivol, do you? Because now it seems like Kovalev's got the target because of the name value and yeah. probably the money they can make. Yeah. Badu Jack already called out Kovalev. Yeah. So he's already looking past Chicken Stevenson. Yeah. Bivol said, "I would like another fight so I could. I feel like I didn't do good enough, even yeah. though he it was manslaughter what yeah. he did to Sullivan Barrera. And then Better Beam's just kind of chilling. But both both the other two are kind of linked to Kovalev. Yeah. So is this where Kovalev kind of goes, 
let's just do it. I'm going to collect my belts back. Because remember, he had three of the titles. He had everything that Stevenson wouldn't give up. Give yeah. up. Does he go get? You know, if if you're okay, if you're Kovalev, do you go get that lineal before you try to fight a guy like Vivol? Yeah. You grab the lineal. I try to. And then say, I think at that point you might as well go fight Vivol. I try. You already got your two losses, so who cares? But you got two straps. But I would I would go after Bottom Jack because I feel like Bottom Jack would be more beatable than Bivol. Oh, one seventy five is getting gangster as hell too, yeah, man. A lot, lot of storylines. Oh, and and seeing two of the guys on the same card was so awesome. And watching Dimitri Bivol once again decimate Barrera and then say I underachieved. Yeah, that was like when Lomachenko um, beat up. Uh, why can't I think of his name? He's, he wore the white and gold shorts. Jason Sosa? Yes. And he's like, I did okay. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You smoked him. Yeah. Thank you, Jason Sosa. I was thinking of Vargas. What, what, what about, what about, what if better be Evan Bivol fought each other and then <laughs> that kind of just got, got the loser out of there? If I'm Kovalev, I'm happy. Yeah. Because if I'm Kovalev, we know, yes, he, he wants the prize fights and the money. But he was so close to unifying before. You know he wants to unify again. Yeah. And if I don't have to fight better via and Bivol, I'd be totally fine with that. I think he's got a better shot to beat Badu Jack than those two. Yeah. So if you can let them take each other out, good strategy. Yeah. That's a good strategy. I like that. I like that. 175 is stacking up so well right now. The exact same the heavyweight division is stacking up. A lot of these divisions are really starting to to have a lot of things coming to fruition. It's really good for boxing. Eddie Hearn, keep your damn mouth out of there. Keep your nose out of there. Go ahead. Um, I wasn't going to say anything. I'm, oh. I'm just... I thought you were going to jump and be like, yeah! And tell A.B., if she ain't got my bean pies ready, I'm going to kick her ass. Just like from White Man Can't Jump. Yeah. When they kept telling him to go back to Mayberry. Too easy. <laughs> man, this bleep is too easy. <laughs> no, man, no, man, no, man. It's too easy. <laughs> no, I don't think you heard me. It's too easy. I'm going to play some basketball. <laughs> the rest all bad. Um, but speaking of one thing that isn't too easy, that should have been too easy. This bleep was too easy. If you listen to Standing Eight Count Radio, you would have known that this is too easy. Too easy. And apparently Bob Arum doesn't understand what too easy is because Manny Pacquiao was set up to be on the undercard against Mike Alvarado. He steamrolls Alvarado. He thought he won the fight because he probably did this time, even though the judges never – you know, Manny Pacquiao is one of the, like, the most fan-friendly fighters. And he's had two of the most egregious scorecards ever dealt to him. Yeah, isn't it weird to think of like two, like the most one of those fan friendly type guys can't get a decision. Tim Bradley doesn't matter. Jeff Horn doesn't matter. Well, apparently to Bob Arum, he doesn't think it matters either because Terrence Crawford's fighting Jeff Horn in April. I believe April fourteenth. Manny Pacquiao is going to fight Mike Alvarado on the undercard which would hopefully, as we said to you guys, sets up Manny Pacquiao versus Terrence Crawford. It's great for Terrence Crawford because if he manages to beat Manny Pacquiao, which 
it's still Manny Pacquiao, so he still has a chance, but it, it's Terrence Crawford, and you people should be watching him, and I don't know why you're not watching him, because he is fantastic. He's a top three fighter in the world with Triple G and Lomachenko. Watch the damn fighter, and he's going to steamroll Jeff Horn. He's like a he's like a minus fifteen fifty or something when I looked at a sports book. Just some ridiculous number. He's going to steamroll through. You set up Pacquiao Crawford. As long as things go according to booking, and I say the word booking because that's what you're booking here. Terrence Crawford on a pay per view probably the end of the year defeats Manny Pacquiao and hopefully becomes a household name. Manny Pacquiao endorses him. Terrence Crawford's a good fight. Endorses him. I, I, I think he didn't do nothing. <laughs> he 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 did everything right to win the fight. I, I think that I'm going to send it. And then he rides into off into the sunset. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's thank God you just said that because you just made my speech an epiphany that I was bringing to you guys even better. Manny Pacquiao then shakes Terrence Crawford's hand. Bob Arams holds up Terrence Crawford's arms. The crowd's excited. We have a new superstar that deserves to be in the goddamn spotlight, Terrence Crawford. Manny Pacquiao puts on his cowboy hat. He gets on his uh his white tail horse and he rides off into the end of the end of gun smoke in the in the sunset, the screen. And Manny Pacquiao leaves forever, and we go down knowing that we saw one of the greatest fighters in history. While Danny's goodbye is playing. <laughs> yeah, that's fine with me. Well, you know, it, so then we go, my God, Manny Pacquiao went out, and he gave the deserving young Terrence Crawford a fight that Crawford deserved, and he made the next star for the, for the company that he rode, the company that he made billions of freaking dollars, because you know he made Bob Aaron's punk ass so much money. And then Bob Arum forgets to freaking tell Manny Pacquiao the idea. Manny Pacquiao sees it on some website and says, you didn't give me a rematch against Jeff Horn. I'm not fighting on the undercard of a fight with, with Horn on it. That's stupid. Who came up with this? And everything is now gone to hell. Yeah, Manny Pacquiao probably feels like he was slapped. Oh, my God. I, I, would, I would be it because here's the thing is when I mentioned this to you about him being on the undercard two weeks ago that fair to say two weeks ago or so everything sounded like this was a I'm going to do it and then we're going to build to the future and I'm going to you're finally going to give me the damn fight I want because you won't let me fight Crawford even though Crawford said he'd fight me but you're still protecting me even though I'm 50 Pacquiao's not 50 but I mean come on he's he's old and he's, he's seen better days yeah but Aaron still protected him for some reason. And, man, he was going to get a fight he wanted. And then he don't even ask him, it sounds like. It comes out like Aaron's promoting this doubleheader. Because, look, we said it ourselves. Crawford lost the ratings to Lucas Matisse, which is egregious, which is unheard of. and should not. There was like 400,000 fights for this. It was the lowest bought pay-per-view against Victor Postal. And we wanted to put a stop to this injustice. Terrence Crawford needs to be watched. Yeah. Terrence Crawford needs to be bought. Terrence Crawford needs to be on your television, and he needs to be watched if you're a boxing fan. Don't overlook this kid. He's fantastic. And if you want a good story, he's got one. He's got a boxing, boxing school in Omaha where he takes kids in and teaches them boxing to try to keep them off the streets. This dude's a great fighter, a great story, a great human being. Why is he not being watched? So we figure it out. Manny Pacquiao. That's the key. 
And then Bob Arum doesn't even freaking ask him the question. Hey, uh, hey, Manny, what do you think about being on the other card? Crawford <laughs> versus Jeff Horn. <laughs> that's what I assume. That's all you had to do. Yeah. And when Manny would say, well, you know, I kind of got slated by not getting the Jeff Horn fight. Manny, I understand. But we'll give you Mike Alvarado. You'll win. You're going to get paid more than Crawford. You don't have to worry about that because you're a bigger star right now. But then I'll give you Dan Crawford. That's all you had to say. Instead, you just went, oh, you don't want to do it? Oh, that sucks. Or, oh, by the way. Now they have to reschedule the undercard of this entire fight. And now, once again, we're risking Terrence Crawford going into a pay-per-view with a guy like Jeff frickin' Horn, who's not. Look, I'll tell you this. I bet you less people know about Jeff Horn who fought on ESPN against Manny Pacquiao, which should make him globally known than Victor Postal. I bet you more people knew Victor Postal because of his win over Lucas Matisse. Probably. And now you're banking. Now you're putting him on pay-per-view. You're setting him up to fail again. This fight isn't going to sell. No. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to support. But this, this this should be an HBO fight. This should be on HBO. Yeah. Or PBC, like... Well, PBC's Al Heyman, and oh, I don't want to see oh, Heyman right. and Aram. Oh, right. God. Hey, Al Heyman. Bob Aram, you stupid. Al Heyman. <laughs> if that's what we'd have there. They just, that'd be terrible. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon, Al Heyman. But this should be on HBO. Yeah. It's not going to sell. And when it doesn't sell, and it does either equal, less, or slightly more. And I say slightly more because maybe people still buy it because it's boxing, but everyone's going, she, my pay-per-view money's going to Canelo Golovkin in two weeks. Yeah. Now Crawford's not going to sell. And once again, you're going to get, Terrence Crawford's not a draw. Yeah. And it sucks. It really sucks. And I, I put all of the blame on Bob Arum, man. How how do you go about putting feelers to different websites and media outlets about Manny on your undercard when he, he didn't even agree to it? Probably because he, he figured that, oh, oh man, I, I've taken care of Manny over. Manny Pacquiao's my golden boy. I've taken care of him over the years. He he owes me this favor. And he probably thought that Manny Pacquiao would be like, okay, no problem. And you know what? I'm glad Manny Pacquiao... I'm not glad for the fact he's not on the card because, but, I, but I'm glad Manny would screw you, dude. Because yeah, it's about time that yeah. I said screw you. Manny Pacquiao went out and fought everybody yeah. that he wanted him to fight. Yeah. And he's, he bumped that. I'm not fighting on an undercard. I'm not fighting on, a, on the undercard of a guy that I beat. I got screwed again on a decision, and you won't you won't give me the rematch. Yeah, because you know I would whoop Jeff Horn's ass if this was in Vegas. He would not get a judge. Yeah. And instead, you want Crawford to be the stepping stone, which is fine, because it's Crawford getting another title and another weight division, which makes him a multi-division champion. I get all that. But don't just assume I'm going to be on your undercard and sell tickets for your new golden boy when he – I feel – if I'm Andy Packard, I feel like I'm the old dog getting kicked out for the new dog. Pretty much. You want me to put your guy over, but you won't even ask me if I'll do it? Yeah. No, Bob Bob Aram totally screwed this one up. And, and this, by no means, once, once again, this is no means a slight on Terrence Crawford. 
he's the guy stuck in the middle of this. So it's not his, but Manny Pacquiao has no business selling tickets for another fighter when he's been a top three fighter, you know, for the last decade plus. Yeah. This dude has sold more tickets than anybody not named Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. He does not deserve to be selling tickets for another fighter when he doesn't even agree to it. Yeah. No, definitely not. Oh, that's just, it's so frustrating. It was right there. Bob Everett was right there, bro. It was right there. If you would have just listened, if you would have just called Standing Eight Count Radio and just said, Ryan Cook, Elijah McNeil, how do I do this? We would have told you. We would have told you how to do this. And you went and screwed it up. And no, Crawford's going to get screwed because of this. And I hope because of this, you don't make any money. Yeah. And I hope Crawford, I hope Crawford pulls a Mikey Garcia route and just leaves. Goes, ah, I'm a rock nation. Or I'll just pull, I'll just, I'll just self promote. Hey, Terrence Crawford, you want to go to a good promoter? Go call Tom Loeffler. Look what he does with Triple G. Yeah. You know. Don't go to Golden Boy. I know, I know. This is a name that sometimes some people don't like and some do. Go call up that I can't remember her name and I'm sorry, but go call up that woman that promotes Kovalev. Because that it's a it's a woman that promotes him and she does it all through her own home. Okay. I mean, and like they stated an HBO special on her. And she likes literally every waking moment is devoted to that. Uh-huh. You want a devoted human being, go call her up. It was the one that was in his corner that was just kind of like uh-huh. hanging out on the rope and did know what she was doing. Yeah. But this woman literally goes at, like she flies everywhere just straight out of her own home and does it all out of there. Oh. And that proves that you could do any you don't need a big business to, to make this happen. Yeah. That's what you need. Terrence Crawford, you need somebody who's going to put you on the map. When when Kovalev fought on HBO, all the ropes said Kovalev, crush your promotions, Kovalev. Yeah. Terrence Bob Aram don't give you that Crawford. Yeah. You don't see Terrence Crawford. You don't see Terrence time on the canvas. You know, Crawford, like I was going to say crushing, but that's the same thing. Uh, uh, just, I'm so mad. I'm just, I was almost hoping we weren't going to get to news because I didn't want to talk about this. So Bob Aaron, you got a lot of things to do right now. You got to fix this. You got to, you, you have, you have arguably the best, best kept secret boxing in your stable and you're doing nothing to get them over. When, you know, we're, we're ranking our things. Elijah Young, but still did a throat cut. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and last thing, you know, when people got you up there with Golovkin and Lomachenko as one of the best fighters in the world, see what you're doing. You're no better than Gary Bettner with, with Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby. You're doing nothing with your fighter. Doing nothing. And putting him on ESPN didn't do anything. Nothing. <laughs> That's all right. Elijah, you got anything? I just want to say that this is a, a good show tonight. And it was a great weekend for boxing. And uh, check us out Sunday nights, Strong Style Media. Thank you. We, we do really good when we're in the same room together. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier. We do a fantastic job. Thank you all for listening to us. Get us up on iTunes, Stitcher, Radio TuneIn, Google Play, the whole nine yards. I'll be back with Alex tomorrow, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, WrestleCast Radio on this same channel. Next week, we're going to come at you with some more boxing. I don't think there's a lot of fights, so you're going to get a lot of irritation. Bob Arum, we're coming for you.
using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags, always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong with Arm and Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet. And they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong with Arm & Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. 